Welcome to Let's Talk with Teresa, and I am so grateful that you've been following this podcast for the last six chapters of me reading God is Enthralled by Your Beauty, which is a book that I wrote back in 2004, and it was released in 2007. Now today, I was going to read chapter seven. I believe I need to share with you some things that God has been highlighting in my heart regarding this book. So that is what's coming up next. Before I go into chapter seven, I have been going to the Lord and asking him some questions that I believe are questions he had for me. And in those questions, it causes the heart to stir with conviction to know, wait, why are you doing this for? Do you even know who I truly am? And one of the things that I wanted to address was the title of this book, God is Enthralled by Your Beauty. And I asked God, and I know it was the Holy Spirit prompting me to ask. It was like an invitation into a conversation with him. And the question was, why did you say God is enthralled by your beauty? And I'm like, because that's what I felt all those years ago was how you're enthralled by my beauty. And when I wrote this book, it caused healing and it caused me to want to go after the Lord. But as I've been going through this for the past few years, you know, just going to the Lord and you you start to see this glory to glory, strength to strength, grace to grace, revelation that unfolds. It's those things when you look back on your life and you're like, whoa, I was thinking things that weren't biblical. And yet God in his love is so patient. And yet he allows us to go through these things with him so we can teach others so they don't have to go through the same thing. So one of those subjects I want to talk about is, is it really true that God is enthralled by your beauty. And I believe more than anything that that was that that title came out of a place of first knowing his beauty. Maybe even catching a glimpse. But when you catch a glimpse of God's beauty, it overtakes you, it overwhelms you. And so I was looking at Psalm 65. And it says, what mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion. We will fulfill our vows to you, for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. What joy for those you choose to bring near, those who live in your holy courts. What festivities await us inside your holy temple. You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God, our Savior. You 
are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power and armed yourself with mighty strength. You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. You take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain for you have ordered it so. Verse 8. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. And it's the moment when we find out the awe and wonder of God is when we realize Psalm 139. It really comes to life. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Do you see how there's just an enthrallment of who he is? I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's exactly what's been happening. He invites us into his great love to counsel us and show us 
those great and mighty things that we never knew, those great and mighty things of our hearts that we never knew about that, that we can give back to him and say, God, I'm so sorry. But I want you to know that this book is to incite and stir and inspire this intimate relationship with God. This is not to cause you to say, oh yeah, God loves me so much. Yeah, that's good that you know that. But this book is to cause the stirring within your heart to want to go after him all of your days. So that when you begin to find out, when I begin to find out that those who abide in him, those who find refuge in him, is where we begin to see him as the great promiser. Not just seeing the promises come to pass, but we fall in love with this God who is not a man that he should ever lie. So tomorrow, I will read the final chapter of this book, but I really want you to understand that for David to truly get who God was, couldn't help but be in awe and wonder. And when you're in awe and wonder of God, there's a humility that takes place. And in that humility, there's an ability to be taught and counseled by him in a way that can cause you to say, you know, I repent. Those things I taught five years ago, I thought that they were right, but God has highlighted to me that they weren't right. And here's why. And when there's such an on wonder of God, you're not even embarrassed to do that. You're just like, oh my God, I can encourage people to not think this way because God, you are mighty. You are holy. And as Josiah, my, our daughter's boyfriend says, God is not normal. He must be seen with awe and wonder and majesty. Oh, how he has been so patient with me. This book is proof of that. I wrote this 17 years ago, starting on March 14th. And today is March 5th. And he has just come alongside. He has just allowed me to learn in his love. There's just a trust in who he is, not in who we are, but there's such a trust in who he is that he doesn't have to control us, but there's such love that he controls himself to be patient and kind and merciful and good. You know, we say God is in control. He's in control of himself. Because if he was truly in control in the way that we think as man thinks control, he would manipulate us. He would manipulate things. There would be no sin within the earth. We would be dead before we could sin. So when we say God is in control, he is in control of himself because he is love. And he... And he expects us who receive that love, ooh, to much is given, much is required. 
if we're going to receive that love, we need to give it out. That love is not to be received to say, oh, look at me. He loves me. I'm favored. I'm this. I'm that. It's I am so favored. I am so loved that I cannot help but extend this love and favor upon others, especially those who least deserve it in my eyes. Wait till tomorrow. Freedom Fighter, Chapter 7. Thank you so much for joining me on Let's Talk with Teresa Ann.